Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 36. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing whether or not Catholics are allowed to correct a pope. You can find the show notes for today's uh, episode at ericsammons.com slash podcast slash 36. Okay, it's been in the news a lot lately, the, the Catholic news at least, the filial correction, which was a um, document uh, written and signed by a group of 62 scholars and clergy uh, addressed to the Pope. They sent it to him privately first. When they didn't receive a response, they published it. And basically what the uh, filial, cor- filial correction does, it's obviously a correction. It's telling the Pope that they believe through his words and actions and writings that he has allowed heresy to promulgate in the church, specifically uh, heresies related to marriage, the moral life, and the reception of the sacraments. And uh, I actually have signed on to the Filial Correction. My name was added on October 5th. And I wrote an article, uh, just published it today. In fact, on today is October 9th, and explaining why I signed it. And you can, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes page, so I'd encourage you to read that. In this podcast, so I don't want to get into the reasons why I signed it, but I wanted to get into the discussion a little bit of, is it even okay to have something like the filial correction? Because after the filial correction, I'm just going to call it correction from now on, because filial is kind of a tongue twister for me. After the correction was issued, there was very few of any, I don't even sure if there was any arguments against the content of what it said, whether or not it was accurate in what it said. Most of the arguments against it were simply that it's improper for anybody uh, to correct the Pope. As the vicar of Christ, as the leader of the church, nobody should be correcting the Pope. And so I wanted to discuss that a little bit today. And the, the number one argument, of course, uh, in favor of correcting a pope is the example of St. Paul uh, correcting St. Peter himself, the first pope. In Galatians, he talks about the fact that he uh, withstood a win against uh, Peter in Peter's actions. By the way, if you hear something in the background, that's the printer now printing. I guess somebody in the family is printing something right now. But basically that he withstood Peter. He argued against Peter because P- what Peter was doing is that he was uh, no longer fellowshipping with Gentiles because of pressures against him. He wanted to stick with the the Jewish Christians who had been circumcised, and many were pressuring Peter to not then fellowship with the Gentile Christians who had not been circumcised. And St. Paul understood this was a a terrible precedent to set, and therefore St. Peter was in the wrong. And so he corrected him, and, and he made that public. And so those who support the correction say, well, there's an example of correcting a pope. Now, some would say, though, that St. Peter, that St. Paul was just correcting St. Peter's actions, that he was uh, weak and not doing what he should have been doing. He wasn't correcting his teachings. And therefore, this isn't the same thing. Sure, you could correct somebody's a pope's actions. Like, let's say they are immoral, doing something terrible like that, having a mistress, something like that. You could correct that, but you can't correct his teachings. But the fact is, in a sense, that's exactly what the correction is doing. It is correcting again, the Pope's actions, that he is allowing 
these through whatever for whatever reasons he's allowing these heresies to spread likewise saint peter was allowing a heresy to spread that there are two different types of christians that the real christians were those who had been circumcised and were jewish originally and so saint paul correcting uh saint Peter's actions were directly related to doctrine, that heresy was being allowed to spread. Likewise, the filial correction is doing the same thing. It's correcting Pope Francis's actions that through his words and his actions and his uh, writings, he's allowing heresy to spread. In fact, it's the, the, the authors of the correction, those who signed on, are making it very clear we're not calling Pope Francis a heretic. What we're saying, though, is that, that heresy is being spread throughout the church, and it, it, it apparently is being endorsed by the Pope. At the very least, it's not being stopped by the Pope. It's not being um, criticized by the Pope, and therefore, this is a, a terrible thing to happen. And so I would say that the field of correction is very much in line with St. Paul's uh, right, uh, actions with St. Peter. I also saw... Uh, not to, I think it was last week, the Vicar General, I believe it was, of Opus Dei. And just to make it clear, I'm um, a big fan of Opus Dei. I uh, wrote a book on the spirituality of the founder of Opus Dei, St. Jose Maria Escriva. I'm not a member, though, of Opus Dei. I just, you know, I'm a fan of a lot of the work uh, of its founder and, and what they do. But anyway, the, the Vicar General said basically that it was wrong. It was an error to to issue the, the correction. Um, in fact, one of the main the original signers is uh, a member of Opus Dei, prominent member, Opus, member of Opus Dei, and this vicar general said that was a mistake that he made. And one of the lines he said was, he said that children don't correct their fathers. And I think that's don't publicly correct their fathers. And I guess it kind of goes back to the idea of the sons of Noah covering his nakedness and shame. They didn't, you know, outwardly correct him. They, they covered his nakedness. You'll find that in, in the book of Genesis. And I understand this, and I would never want to support something that uh, sons condemning their fathers or going against their fathers. I would never want to do that my own father. However, I do think there's a danger that too. In fact, I think that attitude is what led to the widespread um, allowance of the sexual abuse crisis in the church. It's not what caused it, but it's what allowed it to become so widespread because so many people were unwilling to go against their um, against the, their spiritual father's priest who had done awful things. Whereas if they had publicly come out against them earlier, and I don't blame anybody for not doing this, I understand um, the difficulties involved, but if more people had come out publicly earlier, it might not have been so widespread. I do think there's a certain clericalism there when we say we can't correct our fathers publicly. I do think we need to be very respectful of all priests. We need to pray for them. But if a father does something publicly wrong that harms the souls of others, we need to speak out against it and say, no, that's not right. Even if it means going against somebody who is a spiritual father, like obviously the, the, the Holy Father is. And so I would definitely um, argue that whereas one should do only with the utmost respect and devotion, that a son or daughter can criticize their, correct their father publicly if that father has publicly done something that has harmed souls. Um, I think really, ultimately, the root cause of a lot of the um, uh, arguments against the idea that you could even issue a correction is a misunderstanding 
of or an error in understanding how the Pope teaches and when he's infallible or not. Now, I know most people, most Catholics who are knowledgeable of faith know that the Pope is only infallible in certain instances of his teaching. But I think in practice, we don't always follow that. I saw an article recently in La Stampa, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, where the author made this claim. He was arguing against that. He was saying the filial correction was not allowed under church law and it shouldn't be done. And he made... Um, this, this, I want to read this out. This false accusation railed against Pope Francis, claiming that he is teaching or prompting heresy in part of his ordinary magisterium, is in effect a denial of one of the essential truths behind the teaching authority of the Roman pontiff. So real quick, listen to the next, next part. The, he thinks this is an essential truth behind the teaching authority of the Roman pontiff, who is granted divine assistance, when, which prevents him from erring, erring in faith in matters of faith and morals, even when teaching non-infallibly. He's basically saying that the Pope has divine assistance that will prevent him from erring, erring, committing an error, in matters of faith and morals, even when teaching non-infallibly. That's logically contradictory. It makes no sense. If he is prevented from, if the Pope is prevented from uh, erring in matters of faith faith and morals, then he's teaching infallibly. And if he's teaching non-infallibly, then therefore, by definition, he can make an error. And so really what this, this author was saying is that a, a pope can't err. When, he can't commit an error when he's teaching in matters of faith and morals. But that's not Catholic theology. Catholic theology defines the infallibility of pope very strictly. I had learned this when I was a Protestant because all the Catholics were telling me, don't think we believe that the pope can never commit an error in any case. But now so many Catholics are saying exactly that. I think that's the root cause why so many people have a problem with the correction because they honestly ultimately believe the Pope can't be in error, even when he's teaching in faith and morals on topics. But the fact is only in very specific situations is he teaching infallibly. Again, I want to uh, recommend my article that I, I post in the show notes page, ericsamuels.com slash podcast slash 36 where I defend why I signed the filial correction, but also consider, I wanted to add this podcast as reasons why it's okay to even have a filial correction. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you like this um, podcast, please rate and review on iTunes. Give me five stars and a good review, and I'd appreciate it. But until next time, keep swimming against the stream.